Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's Top with Cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheel, and Zach kicking it. Cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with stats and things flapping their wings on all I know is Zach said he has a game where Shields don't read both 7,000 <laughs> and I said I'm in let's go let's do and, it and so the yeah purpose that's of, what oh, I really what I needed was not to get at least one more reader hello everybody and welcome to an emergency birds with friends Bo Wolf Shield Kapadia Zach Berman fresh off a 90-minute, 90-minute-plus podcast last night that jinxed and uh, cemented that today would be the day the news came down that we were all waiting for. We are here to service your needs and talk about all the angles of the breaking news. And so, Zach, I will uh, I will start with you. Your reaction to the big news of the day, Ted Cruz returning to the United States. I. Uh... I was consumed in other material. I saw that headline, but my focus was more on Carson Wentz returning to Indianapolis for the first time since the Combine oh, that 2016. Happened that oh, happened as well. Uh, Shiel, how are you? Well, I, I, I want to get back to that later. I, I'm good. I think anybody, I hope I, I, I hope people listen to uh, the last podcast. I think it was uh, very well done. We covered a variety of topics. We did about a half an hour of Carson Wentz. We did, we did a mailbag. We did other things. So hopefully you BWF hipsters will listen to that. And I'm happy that this situation is resolved. I frankly could not have done, I don't know if I could have done another podcast speculating on where Carson Wentz was going to go. So we have resolution and we'll get into all of that. Uh, in some ways, it is a it is a nice refresh. It is a new beginning to an organization that had gotten very stale. It's not a complete fresh beginning, which I'm sure we'll, we'll get to that also. But uh, they are going in a totally different direction now. I think you can look at it very much as kind of 2016 in a way when they brought in uh, Doug Peterson and had Carson Wentz. And uh, we'll see what they do. But I think it's going to make for uh, an entertaining offseason and uh, an entertaining discussion of what they will do going forward. There is a little bit of uh, there is a little bit of intrigue that now is carried forward with this Eagles team. Zach, why don't you give us the actual breakdown? Let's send it over to the Stone Cold Newsman for some breaking news. The Eagles have agreed to trade Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts. The deal will not be official until the league year begins in March, March 17th. Uh, But the deal will be Carson Wentz to the Colts for a 2021 third round pick and a 2022 2022 conditional second round pick 
that could become a first-round pick if, and this was reported by Mike Garofalo of NFL Network. Uh, former teammate, Carson yes. Wentz, former teammate of mine, yes, uh, and guy. and still a friend. Yep. Um, uh, Carson Wentz plays seventy-five percent, uh, at least seventy-five percent of the offensive snaps for the Colts, or seventy percent, and the Colts make the postseason. And uh, it, from from doing a little work on the, on this today, it certainly sounds like the Eagles think there's a a a, a decent chance. I was going to say a good chance, but a, a a decent chance to good chance that that pick could become a first round pick. So they think that they could potentially get a first round pick for Wentz after all. But uh, I, I hope what, that wasn't coming from the Eagles medical staff telling you they think he's going to be healthy for. <laughs> I mean, how do Fair they enough. know? They don't Fair know enough. if it's going to be healthy. They don't know uh, what pick and, that's going to be. And then the Eagles, uh, and and this is something we've discussed, and and Bo did a a great job writing this a week and a half ago, kind of outlining what would happen with the Wentz trade. The Eagles would absorb the biggest cap hit in NFL history, over $33 million. Uh, But as Shield has outlined, they are getting out of the remainder of the contract, which is of value to them, as we will discuss. Uh, and, and, And so that's the cap ramifications. In terms of their pick haul, they now have... Four top hundred picks this year, uh, so that is something that uh, we'll we'll certainly be writing about quite a bit leading up to the draft. But they don't have those two first round picks that maybe Eagles fans were hoping when the Wentz uh, rumors really started. Well, and I would just say that that timeline wise, uh, you know, the state of the Eagles cap and the way that the roster is set. This allows them, and this is what we've been talking about with the dead money, uh, which, you know, that money was already allocated to Carson Wentz this year. It was already going to get paid out. By trading him, they are getting out of their future obligations, not just the, you know, the $15 million that was guaranteed for next year, but that, you know, sizable $30-plus million hole uh, or, you know, earmark that was there for next season. So what that the future pick allows them to do is next season, the Eagles are really finally set up not finally, but the Eagles are set up to sort of swallow, uh, you know, the, their pride this season, and they can sort of point towards next season when they will have salary cap to uh, try to make some moves in free agency. And I think that pick next season, you know, that could be eventually bundled, uh, you know, sort of to move up. But they'll have next season they will have, uh, you know, assets, and this season is just sort of about taking their medicine. This exactly. is what I would. This is what I would have done. You know, if they would have, if they, if they would have called me up on uh, January second and said, "Shield, we love the pod. We love the info on the athletic. We want to get your opinion on what we should do about our quarterback situation. Here are the facts of where we stand right now. What do you think we should do? Uh, this is the path I would have chose. You know, I, knowing I think, the respect they have for your work, by the way, they very well might have done that. And, and you're not saying actually, it, so. Actually, I would say no way. <laughs> knowing the lack of respect they have for my work, there's no chance they would have done that. But you know, I, I think they looked at this, and, and we've been. You know, I feel like we're going on. Uh, you know, 18 months of just. I don't. Even, I don't know if it's that long, but certainly like the last year, it feels like we've basically just been crushing them on every episode, and rightfully so. The, not I don't regret any of it. I think, you know, we've been on point from last year's free agency 
to the uh, slay trade, Hargrave signing, letting Jenkins go, the draft, the, some of the decisions in the summer, how they handled stuff during the season. I mean, generally the vibe of this podcast over the last year has been <laughs> criticism. But I actually think in this situation, given where they were, they looked at this in a very analytically sound way, which was, all right, what are the potential outcomes for the different decisions we have? And so one outcome would have been keep Carson Wentz, go all in. He becomes a, a top five, top seven quarterback. Everyone's happy. We've got, we already signed him under contract. We go forward the way we had planned to go forward. Another outcome would be you try to do that. Carson Wentz, you know, can't beat Jalen Hurts out. Carson Wentz maybe plays and doesn't play well, and he's like the the 15th best quarterback. And then it's kind of like, what are you doing? Because Bo, I think the point you made is the is the biggest point here. This isn't a year by this couldn't have been a year by year thing with Carson Wentz. You know, if you if it was a contract where you said, all right, let's see what happens in 2021. We'll give it one more shot, and then we'll decide after that. That wasn't an option because you're guaranteeing $15 million of his salary the following year. So, I mean, this was really essentially a two-year commitment that you had to make. So, you know, the other outcomes are Wentz doesn't play well, Hurts beats him out. And so I, I think when you look at all, all the different outcomes. He gets injured again. He gets injured again, you know. And, and yeah, and if he plays so poorly next season – then no one's given up even what they gave up now, you know? So if he's like the 15th or 20th best quarterback, then you're even in a bigger hole. So uh, I think they looked at all that and they said, let's look at the next, whatever, three years. How can we get out of this cap situation? How can we kind of start fresh? It's not a likely outcome that he stays here, is happy and plays really well. Let's move on and let's figure out what we're going to do at quarterback. So um, just going on the record, that that is what I what I would have done if I were in their shoes. I agree with you. Um, and it's also like it's also colored by Carson Wentz not wanting to be here. You know, obviously that calculation would change, but it's not just what I would have done. Uh, I think we have to say that uh, some of us like we're, we were saying in December that this is exactly what was going to happen. That maybe not precisely the trade details pegged as uh, Sam Lynch, our friend, had on Twitter, basically nailed uh, almost just one round off. But, you know, the the day that Carson Wentz was benched for Jalen Hurts, you know, I said, that's it. It's over. Like, they're, 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 they're going to trade him because he's not going to want to be here. They're going to have to move on, and it's going to be time to reset the franchise. Like, so there were a lot of people who vehemently disagreed with that. Um, and so that's, you know, something that maybe people are looking at on the bottom line, but, uh, look at Bo. He's like, he's like a NBA podcaster. Now you're going to get mad at the aggregators now, or what's, uh, <laughs> yeah. well, well, what's well, the I'm next move? Saying, you need to this take is a not like a, This is not like, well, you know, if you listen to us, we could have reported this, but we didn't report it. I'm just saying yeah. like, this yeah. is what we, this is what we that's said. Always was going to mind. Exactly. However, yeah. you could also make the argument that. You know, that they didn't, you know, I don't think that they knew that that day when Jalen Hurd started the next day. I mean, I think yeah, there's an alter. I know. I don't we knew this, before I don't, they knew. I don't think this was like a, you know. Well, don't I say don't, we because because I I was, uh, I'm, I'm not in the same camp as you. I, I don't mean to cut you off. I'll, I'll go on to you. No, yeah. I was just going to say, I, I don't think this was like a no-brainer decision. You know, I, yeah, I, think exactly. they, I think there was a scenario where they hire a coach and the coach comes in and says, Howie, Jeffrey. 
Wentz, this, you cannot let this guy go. He's too talented. Let me work with him. I know it's been rough. I'm going to, as soon as I sign the papers here, I'm going to give him a call. Carson Wentz hears what he wants to hear from the guy. They say we're going forward uh, with Carson Wentz. We're going to build around him. This is still our guy. So I don't think that that scenario was like completely out of the question on the day after Carson Wentz got benched for Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I look. I understand why they did it, and I can. Uh, I don't fault them for doing it. I'm not gonna like celebrate them for doing it because the it, it, what Shio outlined in terms of the outcomes. That's absolutely right. And I, I think that's how they they think, and those are four plausible outcomes. That being said, the probability of each outcome occurring is not evenly distributed, right? So it's it's not like a three and four chance that that um, the bad outcomes happen and a one in four chance that the good outcomes happen, right? Uh, you don't know. Like, that's that's the variable. And the potential rewards are different, too. Um, we're talking about the Eagles facing this, this long, re- or I, I shouldn't say long, this arduous rebuilding process. They have to get out of this this cap quagmire they're in. They need to improve Ooh, the young nice talent quagmire. on the roster. Uh, but if you have a high-level franchise quarterback who's 28 years old and under contract, you could potentially survive or at least, uh, you know, be be competitive to an, to an extent because the quarterback can raise the level of play around you. That's why they felt so comfortable investing in Carson, uh, trading those picks for Carson Wentz in 2016, giving him that contract because they thought he was that type of player. He was not that type of player last year. Uh, you can argue he was a little below that type of player in 2018, 2019. But I don't think this is a situation where the Eagles, oh, I, I doubt they were in the office today because it was a snow day and, and, and COVID. But if if they were together, you know, uh, Bo had that great anecdote in his uh, in his column. Oh, I'm sorry, not his column. Is his article when the Eagles went from 13 to eight or, or 13 to one when they made the trade from 13 to eight? Howie Roseman said that was the first time that they were drinking in the office. Basically, you know, he, he said they had celebratory shots for that occasion because it put them in range. I don't think this is one where uh, you know they're doing victory laps around the building, glad handing each other. Like I think they're right. doing this. They're making this. Uh, this is almost a a somber decision. Not just because of the admission of, uh, you know, that this didn't work. All those things they did. I, I wrote a few weeks ago about the organizational failure that it, of reaching this point. But also because you don't know if this is the right decision. And if they struggle to find a quarterback, which is entirely plausible. They have Jalen Hurts under, under contract. We'll talk about that. They could draft one this year. They could draft one next year. But if Carson Wentz goes on to become a high-level quarterback elsewhere and you had him under contract, and you're playing that quarterback shuffle for the next few years, you look at this and and say exactly what she was saying. Maybe they should have tried to make it work. Maybe they should have gone and and said, I know you have your issues here. We're going to do everything we can to create an infrastructure and an environment to fix you because a a high-level quarterback is a scarce asset, and, and we value it so much. I think you're right that they they view this sort of appropriately as, you know, not a celebratory moment. Um, it's just sort of the medicine that they had to take and they did the best they could with the hand they were dealt. I don't I don't really agree. And we've talked about this before that uh, how Carson Wentz does with the Colts 
matters that much because this was it wasn't going to work out here anymore. Uh, you know, this the, these these two sides were headed towards divorce. It's like yeah, you break up with someone and you're like you're not going to root for them to you know uh, be unhappy or like if they have a happy relationship somewhere else that doesn't reflect poorly on you necessarily. Oh, well, I, I told what do you? Yeah. I totally disagree. What are you nuts? Are you crazy? Of course it does. Uh, you yeah, break I mean, up I'm with thinking someone, about this too. And, you know, I mean, maybe you it's not break the best up with analogy. someone and then they, they start dating someone who's uh, better looking than you, better job, people like him more, better dresser. Uh, of course you're going to be like, oh my gosh, you're going to feel like a total failure. That's I mean, true. I don't know about, I don't know. You might have these clean breaks. I'm not but familiar that with that But that doesn't of, uh, change the fact <laughs> that you should, that you two should have broken up. Is, well, that's really what I mean. Maybe, maybe not. But he, he's not going to like a, uh, you know, he's not going to like the Kansas City Chiefs and like Andy Reid and this unbelievable supporting cast. You know, he's going to like a very, um, you know, I would say a mediocre uh, offensive supporting cast. Now, now they do have cap space, so maybe they could upgrade that. Their offense has not been like a juggernaut. I know they've had three different quarterbacks the last three years. It's been okay. It's been mediocre um, to above average. And so if he goes there and they like go on this run where they're making AFC title games and they're ranking in the top five in DVOA and he looks like a top 10 quarterback, then that reflects terribly on you because you had so much invested in this guy and you couldn't come up with a way to fix it. And you admitted that you couldn't fix it. Now, I know Carson Wentz didn't want to be in Philadelphia, but this goes back to the discussion we had previously. I mean, if you believed that you could fix him and that he could lead you to Super Bowls, then you're not taking the course of action that you just took. It's 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 kind of both the things combining at the same time where Carson Wentz is saying, you know what, I think I could probably use a fresh start and go somewhere else. And the organization saying, you know what, we're not in great uh, cap space. Like maybe you would be good here, but we're not sure that you would. All right, this is probably our best course of action. Like I don't view this as them just doing Wentz a favor. Like the player wanted out. We are trading the player and moving on. I don't think that's the like list you know, the number one reason on why Carson Wentz isn't an Eagle anymore. I think that's right. I agree with that. Okay. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm not above being petty. So you just break up and then that's it. You no attention. You move on. You're fine. No, huh? but I, okay. it maybe it wasn't the best analogy, but <laughs> I also, I, I do think that like, I, I do think that, you know, how Carson Wentz does with the Colts, it does like it, it will reflect poorly on the Eagles if he's very good next year yeah. definitely but it doesn't change that this was the right decision no yeah, and and I, that's the thing there there was so much baggage here and and it's i i, I don't want to say like i wrote this two weeks ago um but like i, I mean just, just so happened happened two weeks ago, ago. <laughs> no yeah, yeah um there's so much baggage here and you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube so to speak right like it it would have been hard for them after you know, after not giving the endorsement at the end of the season with, with, with how disappointed Carson was. But what I, I, I do think you, you could have done, and Bo, you mentioned this last night, is at the end of the season, they could have fired Doug, okay, which, which they did, um, and said, Carson is our guy. We are going to do everything we can to support him um, because we believe that he is a franchise quarterback. Um, we've made this investment in him. Uh, you know, he's not like every other player. Um, and, you know, that kind of thing. They did not do that, right? And, and and so once they they went on the course of action they did, it speaks to Shields' point. They had the doubt in their mind. And if they have the doubt in their mind, then go on forward with this. 
I'm just saying that that like this isn't a great outcome for the organization. Yeah. Um, making the investment that they did in him, trading him at 28 years old, not like the Chiefs trading uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Oh, I'm sorry, trading Alex, Alex Smith. Smith to go to Patrick Mahomes. Not like the Rams trading for an upgrade. Trading him just to get him out of the building, basically, right. without having that that upgrade, that is a bad that that is a bad outcome for the organization. Yeah, I mean, yeah. three years ago, this team was coming off a Super Bowl title with a uh, how old was Carson Wentz at that time? 26? 25, 20, yeah, 26, 25, yeah, 26, 26 years old, yep. coming off an unbelievable season. A coach who had just outdueled uh, Mike Zimmer and Bill Belichick with Nick Foles as his quarterback. And I mean, you could have taken a poll and we probably said it on this podcast that there probably weren't many quarterback head coach combinations at that time that you would have taken over the Eagles. I mean, really, after they won the Super Bowl, there might not have been one, you know, I mean, even in August, even in August, it would have been like a top five tandem. Yeah. Like I was thinking today and and, and I was up and I'm I'm working on a story on this Uh, uh, a year ago, basically to this day. A week ago, you know, a year ago next week, the Eagles were in Indianapolis, right? Um, and what, you know, they had issues they were trying to figure out in their stuff, but, you know, behind the scenes with the new coaching staff. But they felt confident in this coach-quarterback combination that they had, right? They could not have foreseen a year from now both would be out of the building. Yeah, no way. absolutely. Yeah. So, so you look at that and, uh, you know, Zach's written it about it being an organizational failure. And uh, I, I would agree with you. I don't think they're strutting around. I don't think there's going to be any leaks about, you know, the Eagles were surprised that, you know, what a great uh, compensation <laughs> package they got for Carson Wentz. The Eagles are really excited about moving forward. I mean, maybe there will be. I, I will never underestimate some of the... Uh, people in our business who will just uh, take anything they hear and run with it. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I think in the building there, they got to be bummed. And, you know, think about the decision makers. I mean, Howie Roseman, like this was his move, you know, this mm-hmm. was his move to acquire Carson Wentz. Like if, if Howie Roseman retired uh, tomorrow and you wrote, you know, you were writing about him, you, you would probably, you would obviously have the Super Bowl winning. He was a Super Bowl winning GM. And how did he get there? What was the big move that he made to get there? Was orchestrating these trades, getting rid of bad contracts, moving up to get Carson Wentz, who leads them. And then Nick Foles obviously wins the Super Bowl there. So it's like a huge thing on his resume. It does not reflect well on him. It doesn't reflect well on Jeffrey Lurie, given his past comments and what they paid Carson Wentz and having the biggest dead cap hit in NFL history. It doesn't reflect well on anyone in the organization that they had to move on from Carson Wentz right now. So, um, well, that leads us into yeah. a good question. Let's uh, let's allocate your your turkeys of blame for uh, it getting to this point where the divorce was needed between Doug Peterson, Howie Roseman, Carson Wentz, and Jeffrey Lurie. How would you uh, how would you allocate the blame on uh, going from having a franchise quarterback a year ago to you know having to send him packing? Hmm. I would go. I would go 40, 20, 20, 20. 40, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, 44, Carson Wentz, and then 20 for the other three. Okay. I, you know, it's interesting because we don't, we don't know, and we talked about this on the podcast last night, the specifics of 
you know, why Carson Wentz is so upset with the organization, why it had got, why he believes it had gotten to the point of no return. But uh, I think he certainly deserves a lot of the blame. Um, and it, and I mean, it, it, so many steps along the way, you know, surrounding him with this with this bad offense, surrounding him with bad talent. You talked about it last night, Zach. Like they they tried to allocate resources to the offense, they just failed at the players they were picking. Um, and uh, you know, I think that like the state of the organization, I think Jeffrey Lurie bears a lot of responsibility. But the specific Carson Wentz situation, I actually don't think that he is the most culpable. Um, so I would put him even lower. I'd put him, you know, closer to five or ten on this situation, and then I'd go, let's say Carson forty-five, Howie Howie thirty, Doug twenty. I've got Carson thirty-five, Doug twenty-five, Howie twenty-five, and Larry fifteen. Okay. I mean, I think you know. I agree that they did not do a, a great job of, uh, you know, surrounding Carson Wentz with the right pieces and the, the scheme was not good. It was actually terrible last year. It kind of went uh, downhill. But at some point when you're making the move you did to trade up for Carson Wentz and you're paying $128 million, that's the guy you expect to have a high enough floor that you're not okay. having the type of season that you had last year. Maybe he's not. We know it doesn't always work in a way that that guy's lifting everybody else up. You know, Deshaun Watson had a great statistical season last year and they won four games. So that doesn't isn't always the case. But I mean, he was a huge part of the problem. And whether it was not being able to kind of the leadership, the locker room stuff. I mean, that might have been a smaller part of it more so than just turning the football over and not being able to hit a five-yard receiver in stride on a five-yard, you know, shallow crosser. And so... All um, day, like every game. Every Sorry. game and, and the fumbles and everything. And so, uh, you know, I think at some point when the guy's in his fifth year as a quarterback and that's the performance you're getting, that's where I'm going to start um, with the criticism and then kind of trickle down from there. The yeah, one I mean, thing I, that I think we can say is that given the way it played out, that Doug left and Carson still didn't want to come back tells you at least that his, you know, his beef was not just with Carson. It was with Howie and the organization as a whole. Should they have kept Doug? Should, would they be better with well, Doug right now? Well, I think right that's now? an important question that I wanted to ask you guys. <laughs> you know, if they knew, if they knew that Carson was going to be out regardless, do you think they would have kept Doug? It's a very interesting I, question. I, yeah, I mean, I I probably would have maybe you know the I, I know the coaching staff factored into that, um, but uh, I'll let you guys answer that, and then, and then I want to circle Sorry, back to ahead. the uh, to the no 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 while we're on the topic. Of I, the I think if they I think if they decided, you know, before week seventeen, that we're going to the problem is they couldn't really decide that. Because they didn't know what the market was going to be at that point. They didn't know, you know, what his value was going to be. And at that point, you're still considering like, all right, well, if we have to attach a pick to get rid of him, are we really going to do that? If we have to uh, settle for a seventh round pick, are we really going to accept that? So uh, in that sense, it's hard to answer. It's not like they could have done this, but I think if they would have had a crystal ball, going into week 17, knowing that, hey, on February 18th, you're going to agree to a trade with Carson Wentz where you get a third and a second that could be a first. Uh, I think Doug Peterson is still the head coach. Uh, so regarding the allocation of blame, I, I think that 
you know, uh, Carson's the one who fumbled the ball. Carson's the one who, who threw the interceptions. And there were organizational components to it, and, and certainly they all bear responsibility to the three other people. But the way Carson played was problematic. Uh, and they're not in this position. They're not even thinking about trading Carson Wentz, even if he's angry at the team, um, if Carson Wentz plays at a high level or even at a, like an above-average level. So the way he played had a large part in this. And also, in, in, I'm fascinated to go back uh, when I have a, a free moment here next week and listen to our podcast from the night they drafted Jalen Hurts. Uh, because I, I if my memory serves, Bo, Bo was on top of this right away, I think, in terms of like the ramifications it could have on Carson. Uh, and I kept saying then, I, I think my line was, they've shown so much, like they have, all, they've made this investment into Carson Wentz. How can he be undone by a second round pick? And I don't want to put words in Carson Wentz's mouth. And I, I'm, I, I want to hear him speak at some point. Uh, but, but in the absence of his voice, you have to go based on things you hear. And the thing you're hearing is that the Hurts pick was, was a major issue. And it, was, it, it factored into the way he viewed the organization, factored into the way he was operating this year. Uh, and that is staggering to me. And, and, and that speaks to, A, the organization, Howie in particular, but also Jeffrey for signing off on the pick. Um, if, if you did not foresee the effect that it could have, because you guys were all pointing it out. But it also speaks quite a bit to Carson. If a second-round pick Absolutely. is, is going to cause that type of undoing, then what does that say about you? Uh, so that's why I think Carson bears a lot of responsibility here. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the organization, they had a bad read on their franchise quarterback and not knowing that it was going to affect him, even as they tried to get ahead of it and let him know and you know t- talk through it and say, this isn't reflective of you. And they had just given him $128 million. So there was, you know, I can kind of see the reasoning there where they're thinking, oh, you know, we just paid him. He's not going to think this is a huge deal. This is a second round pick, but they obviously had a bad read there. But I would agree. I mean, if Wentz cannot handle that, if that's going to cause him to fall apart and be one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL, then you know, that, that, that is on that, that does, you know, reflect poorly on him. And even worse than that to me is, is, uh, if it's true that he was like, what really set him over the edge was getting benched for Jalen hurts. And he was taking, he was taking so much umbrage at, you know, losing his job. That to me is a little bit worse because I mean, he earned that benching the way that he was playing. Um, and so that's 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 the one that, that to me is a little bit more a little bit more maddening on the Wentz front. I'm curious, Sheila. I know you you graded uh, you know the pick or the trade rather uh, on the Athletic, which people can read from from both sides. Would you guys have done this deal on the other side if you were the Colts? Do you think do you think it's a smart investment for them? They're in a, I feel like it's a tough spot for them because like, I don't like any of the options available right. to them, to be quite honest. You know, you, you look at it and it was Wentz, Darnold, even Stafford as an option, um, signing a free agent, Cam, I mean, Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, they weren't bad, bad enough last year where they can move up and get, uh, you know, one of the top four guys. And so it's like, well, what, what are you going to do? Um, you know, so you just kind of, I think at that point have to pick, all right, what is our best course of action. And I think it's a reasonable gamble for them. Uh, I think we'll get into this conversation maybe now about um, 
what we think Wentz will do there in the next uh, in the next few years. But I think it's a reasonable gamble because I don't think they're giving up a ton. Although, you know, if he plays a first and a third is not nothing. You know, if he plays 70 yeah. uh, for 75 percent of the snaps next year, you're giving up a first and a third, which, I'll, you know, it feels like too much to me in many ways. But if you think he can be a top 15 quarterback, if you think that, you know, Frank Reich will build a good relationship with him right away. If you feel like last year was much more of an outlier than anything else, then I think it's reasonable. Like if he plays like he did in 2018 and 2019, uh, I think it's a fi- it's a reasonable gamble to take because you're you're paying him below market value. Uh, if he's a top 15 quarterback, you are giving up compensation, but you literally don't have a starting quarterback on the roster, and so you should be able to at least be like competitive with him. What, what would you have done if you were them? I think it, I, I think it is the right move for them. I, um, I might've tried to play a little more hardball and be like, I'm conditional. Get out of here. We'll give you a second. You know, you, you right. don't have anything else working, but I think that's probably, I think that's probably fair. Um, there is also like, there's a weird dynamic when it's the quarterback because you don't, you don't want to sell it with like, you traded like a sixth round pick for this guy. Yeah, um, like we're bringing in some, you know, some slappy. You you want to at least sell that he's the franchise quarterback. Um, obviously, you know the Frank Reich thing is huge, but this is a roster that is like ready made. They have all this cap room, but there aren't many better options out there. I would probably rather have Wentz than Darnold, who I guess would be the you know the next best option of the people out there. And like it, this is not a scenario for the Colts where they want to like. You know, roll the dice on on uh, Jameis or uh, Cam Newton for a year and just push the the ball up the hill for another another offseason. They they sort of need to take a swing, and I do think that like the there is a you know there's like a, a national media uh, and it's not even national media. It's sort of like you know you know hipster Twitter like treats Carson Wentz like he has always been as bad as he was last year. Like yeah. he's a joke. And he's not a joke. Like as a, as a player as a whole, last year he was awful. He was one of the he was the worst quarterback in football. But there is there is like a longer proven history of him being an adequate starting quarterback. And if you think that you know if if Frank Reich as the coach like he's going to bat for this guy, I think it's a I think it's a fine swing to take. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight? Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Zach, we were we were talking about. Well, well I, I think we should get into uh, th- this conversation. Basically, what do you think the future holds with Carson Wentz? This was one of the questions we had answered. Whether it's the yeah. next two years, the next five years. Uh, I think you said you were buying some Carson Wentz uh, Carson Wentz stock, so you, you are bullish on what he's going to do with the Colts. Would you say you're like the number two guy on Carson Wentz after Dan Orlovsky? No, no, no. I definitely don't think that. I am. I mean, I think, and frankly, I think if you asked uh, Carson, he would definitely not agree with that either. Um, you know, I, you I've been, I, I've been pretty critical on Carson um, during the past five years, and uh, but I look, I, I don't think he's lost his talent. I think Dan Orlovsky made a really good point. There's a difference between like a bad football player and a, a good football player who's playing poorly, right? Uh, I don't think Carson Wentz is a bad quarterback. I don't think he's lost his talent. Uh, I think he needs to be fixed. I think he needs to do a, 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 self, a self-evaluation, if you will. But I, I also think he's, he's entering a situation that is probably as, as good as, as he could find short of like going to Kansas City or something like that. Okay, He has a coach that he's comfortable with. Uh, he has an offensive line. They need to figure out their left tackle situation. But the rest of the line so is... Is uh, it's it's a strong line. They have cap space, right? You know, so they can go out and make a play for Allen Robinson if if they want to. Like they they will have better skill players around him than what he had in Philadelphia. Uh, and from a market perspective, I, I think I think it fits him. You know, I I don't think Indianapolis is the type of pressure cooker soft. that 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 Philadelphia is. I, I, look, I I think that affected him to a certain degree in the end. And Bo it made a great to. point on a podcast when this first surfaced, right? Like the Eagles uh, looked at at Carson Wentz in a flannel shirt um, and, and, and and like in cold weather and thought that's what makes you fit in He's Philadelphia. Really but that's not, yeah, like that's not, you know, it's, it's how do you deal with, with this type of pressure? And there's really no way of forecasting that when you're looking at somebody who... Uh, was so accomplished at you know at a at a small school, right? and I do think like it, it is true that if you take a step back and just go over the arc of his career with the Eagles, I mean it's insane. It is a lot to deal with coming yes. in as a number two overall pick, playing like the best quarterback in the league for a season, 
and then suffering a season-ending injury and watching your backup quarterback win the Super Bowl for the first time in franchise history, then coming back, then getting injured again, uh, and then watching that same backup quarterback win a couple game or win a game in the playoffs, nearly win another, then coming back again, having a good end of the season, and then getting benched a year later. Like that is a crazy five seasons. So it is a Ag- lot to agreed. go through. Agreed. But you know, and again, I, I don't want to compare everyone to Aaron Rodgers, but. Um, you know, and because Aaron Rodgers is a, is a special quarterback, but you're replacing like a franchise, a, a franchise Deshaun icon. Kaiser never won a Super Bowl, though. Yeah, you know, no, you're you're waiting in the wings there um, for Brett Favre. He's not treating you great. He doesn't want to go. It's a awkward situation to enter, and you step in He's and you go you on and win pictures. the Super Bowl. Um, and then here you are, and and you know you feel like you're ready made to win a Super Bowl in this in this window, and they draft your replacement. Um, and he's pissed about it, like Aaron Rodgers said it. But he goes on and he wins the MVP, right? Um, sure. So, like, how do you how do you react to the situation? You know, the 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 Nick Foles thing uh, that that was that was real during the the time you know during the 2018 season and the pressure that came with uh, with replay, you know, with with the Super Bowl MVP being in the same locker room as you like like that was real and even though we say it's a no brainer decision when the Eagles let Nick Foles go like obviously they weren't going to bring him back but the Eagles chose Carson Wentz over Nick Foles you know they could have traded Carson then gotten more value than they got today, not giving him that contract, and said, we're going to ride with the guy who's won us the playoff games the past two seasons, right? They chose Carson Wentz, um, and they knew there was this dynamic involved. Yeah, that history is even more reason why that jail, the Jalen Hurts pick, why that misread was, was so bad when you look at how the previous years had gone. Uh, I think Wentz will be fine. I don't think he's going to light it up. I don't think he's going to be as bad as he was last year. I think they'll be a competitive team. I think they'll probably make the playoffs at least once with him. I think he'll be in like the top uh, 12 to 14 quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't think he'll have a season like he had in 2017. That was an outlier for so many reasons and will be very difficult uh, to replicate, whether we're talking red zone, third down, some of the other things he did that year. And so... I mean, if you're the Colts, that's probably like fine. You know, it's like there there was no path where they could add a quarterback this offseason and win the Super Bowl. And it's a two year commitment. And so if you're a competitive team, if you continue to build around him, maybe there is a little more upside than I'm uh, giving credit for. But uh, that's how I would expect the next uh, couple of years to be with Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. It's funny given um, how much time we spent talking about Nick Foles as the most high-variance quarterback uh, that we've ever seen, that like the range of outcomes for Carson Wentz for the rest of his career is pretty wide. Like, you know, he could be a top-10 quarterback. He could be out of the league in two years. Like, if he has another year next year like he had this year, he's on, he's, he's on borrowed time. Um, like, it could be Blake over. Bortles. So, yeah, so uh, it is interesting. I think my my guess is that he'll be, you know, I, I, I would even go a little bit lower. I went like, you know, I think uh, I wrote 15 to 18 is where he'll be over the next couple of years. But, I mean, I guess we'll see. He, he, could, be, he could be worse. Do you think the we'll pick see. conveys next year or do you think it, it bumps to a one? 
70. All right. So again, it's seven. He has to either play 75% of the snaps or he has to play 70%. What a weird, I would love to, can we we get the backstory on that negotiation? It makes sense. It guards against, it guards against a week 17 um, benching. Yeah, exactly. Or like like sitting your starters. Right. Sitting your starters. Well, kind of. I mean, why do you think that game is going to make the difference? No, if he's missed a game, you know, if he's played 14 games, but they're in like an insignificant week 17 game. Okay. All right. So he still missed games earlier. He's missed a couple games, but they're going to the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I mean, it's an uh, unlikely scenario, but it's your you uh, get more creative. Just a little GMs. If, now if I will you say, want, like you're, you're not going to get a. It's not going to turn into a top ten pick. Like that's not going to happen because if it's going, if they're if they're that bad, they will not. Like they will be incentivized they will bench to not play. I don't players. know. Oh, I don't know if I agree with that. I I think there's no way. It's when be would they make pick. that move? We have what half the league? How many teams make the playoffs now? Like you really have to suck to be out of it going into uh, December. They traded for him, and it's not like they're going to get rid of him after next season. I mean, they're committed to him. I don't think they would. Who are they going to bench him for? Jacob freaking Eason? Well, I guess we know uh, that he doesn't take getting benched well. But yeah, yeah. no, I I disagree. I mean, I would. I don't be, think it's a top ten pick. I think I think your best case is it's well. Like I get yeah. I mean that that would be very interesting. Yeah, if he stays healthy. But they suck, and they're like in line for this amazing pick. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they're we, not gonna, like, when would you have to decide? Like, well, yeah, well, you he has to play uh, three quarters of the snap. Probably, so we're talking yeah. week 13, 14. Uh, this could, could get dicey. That's true. It could. It's That'll not, be fun to watch. Yeah. It's a nice uh, storyline to watch. There really should be more more conditional trades like this. Absolutely. Like this will be fun. It's great for the fan base. I mean, Eagles fans, as I've said before, it's much more fun to root against a team then root for your own team and now they can just do that like every week but it's a it's a weird middle because you can't root for them to be awful that's true all right yeah that's true all right so what's your for you're rooting for a seven and nine team i think or like a six yeah six and ten six and ten pretty much what they you're like six and seven and then you lose the last three or something yeah yeah all right it could be something like that anyway you should do a story on on uh like a, a national story on the mo- I'm, I'm assigning you work. I'm sorry. But yeah, the, yeah. No, no That's better my way job. to uh, not, not want to write a story than someone else. No, the, the, uh, like the most like uh, creative thing that came up in a trade negotiation at some mm. point. Um, okay. I was, I, I was listening to, well, this is a tangent. I, we, we shouldn't That's go what we're here so. for baby. Uh, what do you I, got? I was listening now to a podcast with, uh, with, uh, Monty McNair, the GM of the Sacramento Kings. And, he he used to work with the Rockets. It was it was and he was asked. It was Woj's podcast, I believe. Uh, but he was he was asked like the most creative thing they workshop there because they were doing all types of things. And they once made an offer. Uh, there was a team, you know, you know, they had like two picks in the teens, and um, uh, they traded to or, or or they made an offer to a team in the lottery, uh, like in that was supposed to pick number eight, right? So they had X percent chance of picking number eight. But there was uh, this small chance that it could be a top three pick. Then there was a small chance that it could be like after number eight, you know, if, if, if like right. someone else jumped up. So basically the the trade was that if the pick is not number eight, we get it. Um, but and and you would get the number seventeen overall pick no matter what, right? So there's like a seventy five oh, or like an eighty five percent chance that you just get the seventy five that you just get the number seventeen pick for free. But if the pick rendered, um, you know, uh, then then the Rockets would have gotten it. It, it, it was a real creative proposal. I would Anyways, have done. I, uh, I would have done like a uh, you know we're gonna filter 
uh, situations where both teams had a win probability of 20%. And in those situations, he's got to be top, uh, let's say top 12 in uh, EPA per dropback. How does that sound? Yeah, uh, yeah, something like that. Exactly. <laughs> it really would make, I mean, if we, if you want to like protect, really protect yourself or, and, and give upside for, but that's how you should be doing it. Right. I mean, who cares? Uh, 70, 75 percent of the allowed. Snaps. Really? Rules wise. But the, well, the NFL uh, should. Yeah, what like I, I would love if, if if there were weird conditions on. Yeah, like if he has uh, three mirror plays next year. <laughs> yeah, that too. That too. Three or mirror if, plays. Yeah, from or when if, you go from from one yard line to the yard line on the other side oh, of the field. Oh, I you thought like you meant f- mirrored routes on like both. Nah. <laughs> like no. their scheme. I'm like, no, what the hell not. are you talking if, about? It's a bowl if, of if, if the Colts oh, kicker yeah. hits at least two uh, crossbars the next season, <laughs> make it much more. Think of how exciting the yeah. It should really be what's exactly. the, what's the dumb game we play. The super, end of every that's sh- exactly what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, it should be. It really should be a super <laughs> sorecasting. I mean, that's what got Eagles fans through the end of the year uh, watching Eagles games was super sorecasting. If Michael Pittman uh, makes him throw up because he's so bad, it turns into a first. No, Michael Pittman wasn't that bad last year. Yeah, he was like the uh, he was like the eleventh <laughs> best wide receiver drafted in those first two rounds. I stand by it. <laughs> Uh, okay, so, Michael, if you're listening, sorry, you're wondering why you just caught this. Uh... Your collateral damage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it has nothing to do with you. I'm sure he was, at least, he was at least better than Van Jefferson, which I, uh, which I also. Oh, doesn't like it because you're old, basically. Yes. Yeah. Devontae yeah, Smith, a senior. Uh, I know. I'm a little bit. Uh, I gotta. I gotta do my work. But I'm, oh, I'm not boy, thrilled Coach about Flynn's that. Gonna know, Coach Flynn's going to come after one. me on, on that take, but right. I think he likes Kyle, Kyle Pitts too. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's transition, I guess, to uh, the other side of this, which is what do the Eagles do now? Um, do they move? Do they? Uh, you know, we talked about it last night. Do you think that it's now Jalen Hurts in 2021, and you see what happens in 2022, or do you think they will seriously consider drafting a quarterback at uh, number six or higher? I think they will seriously consider it. Now, I don't know if there's going to be one that falls. And I'm not sure that, you know, like, unless they completely fall in love with a Justin Fields or Zach Wilson and they're going to trade up with Joe Douglas to, to two or something like that to get him um, and sacrifice future first-round picks, I don't know if they would do that again. Like, they need to be utterly convinced in the player to do that. I think the more plausible scenario is what Bo wrote on Twitter, which is like, or, or, or I'm sorry, not on, on Twitter, what you wrote in our, in our reaction column, which is go with him for your... com slash bird yes. with friends for 40% off. Exactly. Um, which is go with him for a year, wait and see. If you're wrong, you, or if he's not the guy, then you have draft ammo next year. Um, if he is the guy, then all of a sudden you're flush with cap space and picks to build around him. But I do think they're going to look hard at the quarterbacks this year and if there is one there at six that they like, they will absolutely take them. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about this when I thought, you know, there are parallels to 2016. I think it's a they're, they're starting fresh with the new coach. I don't think they expect to compete in 2021. It's sort of a reset year. Find out what our coach likes. Find out uh, what we want to do. And you have the number six pick. I mean, they've been such a quarterback focused organization under Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman that when they're like have a chance to get up high or are up high and they don't have an answer at quarterback, 
they're going to try to find an answer at quarterback. And so there is risk in if you if you push it forward a year and, and do the plan of, all right, let's see what Jalen Hurts has. Jalen Hurts ends up being mediocre. So now all of a sudden you have the, um, let's say the, I don't know, 14th, yeah, 14th uh, pick in the draft. The Colts pick does not convey to a first rounder. You don't really have the, I mean, I mean, you could always trade future first round picks. You don't. That's close. That, that's, I mean, it's within range. It's within yeah. range, but it's, I mean, yeah, I mean not, gotta, to, not to get to number one. Then you're yeah. giving up draft capital in future years to do right. this. And so you are setting yourself back there, kind of digging that hole, which we heard all the issues. All over for, again. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're, so you're doing the same exact process. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing to do, but if you're at six and you love, you know, whether it's uh, Trey Lance, Fields, uh, Bose Boy, Zach Wilson, if you love one of these guys there, I don't know. I would not be surprised if they make a move. And like, you know, a lot lot of uh, readers, I know just from when I tweeted something out, are like, no, they cannot use a quarterback. Like they have no, they don't have an answer at quarterback. And maybe it will be, you know, then your scenario is that guy uh, competes with Jalen Hurts. Maybe Jalen Hurts starts the season as the quarterback. Maybe the the new, the rookie beats him out in training camp and it's obvious. And Jalen Hurts goes back to being the backup, which is not a terrible scenario there. You know, that's actually good value for where they took him. So uh, I don't know. We'll give it some more thought. I'm, I'm actually excited to... Um, you know, the past few years, it hasn't been there hasn't been a need to sort of really dig into these quarterbacks and mm. form strong opinions on them. And so I'm sure we'll do that. We will all come up with who our favorites are, who we think will stink. Who's your Jalen Rager? <laughs> Everyone will rub it, rub it in our faces uh, once the games are played. But um, it, I, I am not ruling it out at all that they would draft a quarterback. I think my prediction is that the pick acquired today the 2022 pick, the, the the headliner, will be used to trade up for a quarterback either this year or next year. Mm. Interesting. Okay, that'd be interesting if they trade it this year and like and, and don't even wait to see the the variance to it, right? I don't. Like yeah, I don't think I don't think they're going to stay at six and draft a quarterback. That's my prediction. I okay. think if they're going to draft a quarterback, they're going to go up and get a quarterback um, because. I don't think it's like, oh, we'll just take a quarterback. And that's why I, why I wrote that I think Jalen Hurts is sort of the perfect quarterback for this specific moment in time for the Eagles because he's good enough to not force you to take a quarterback if you don't love a quarterback. And he's also not good enough to prevent you from drafting a quarterback if there's one that you love. Um, and are you guys totally rule, are, are you totally ruling out uh, a non-rookie quarterback being a fact like like could they trade for Sam Darnold? Could they? Um, That's interesting. Do some, you know you know like uh, someone who you bring who who you, you don't exhaust a first round pick on? You bring him in. You you pair him with Hertz. You have that competition and you try to kind of strike gold. And then if it doesn't work, then you go into into next year. Well, Darnold Darnold's really he's really the only guy I think that fits that. Yeah. Category. I mean, the other guys who are available, they're 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 not like young guys who you think have yeah. untapped potential. It wouldn't be. Uh, I mean, it would depend on what it takes to what 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 it takes to uh, acquire him. But I am generally uh, of the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Belief. I'm generally of the belief yep. that you take a yeah. I, I don't mind the taking. Would you a trade your second this year for Darnold? I don't know. I don't think I would. 
He's got one or two years left on his rookie He's deal. got one. You can get him on the fifth-year fifth option, option, but that's going to be yeah. costly. And so yeah. you have yeah. to make that decision, and you might be paying a lot of money for a guy who just stinks. I, I'm interested to see uh, Sam Darnold in a new spot. I want him to go somewhere with like an offensive coordinator that I like and where he has a chance to succeed. There's always the chance that uh, it's not a bad strategy to go after guys who Adam Gase previously coached and they sucked mm. under him because those guys generally right. end up playing a lot better once they are with someone else. A second would be too high. I mean, if you're getting in like the, I, I would certainly do like a fourth for okay. him. Well, and you got I, two I think, thirds now. Yeah. Might be talked into that. Might be uh yeah, that's an interesting thing to, what uh, about a, a, a Tannehill type? Which is like like you can look at, at Mariota, you know, a, a guy oh, who has gosh. had some success. <laughs> okay, all right. No, no, I know. No, no, no. I, that's not poo pooing you. People do like Mariota. I don't like. I don't see it with Mariota. Okay. And I really, I know. I thought he was going to be really good coming out of college, but having watched him in the NFL, uh, that guy is among the most frustrating quarterbacks, in my opinion to watch. And I mean, look at what the Titans offense did when they got rid of him and put Tannehill in there. They had a top five offense. And so, um, I'm not getting carried away with like, what, what was it? Like three quarters he played last year in one Against game the Chargers, yeah. and everyone, everyone's like in love with Mario. So no, I would, I would not want Mariota. Yeah, but you gotta what think about- of you gotta you gotta at least think of the uh, the message that would send to Chip Kelly from Howie's perspective. <laughs> what about what one say? of the? Uh, well, there are free agent. You know, I, I I've got my quarterback well, the, the free agency guys, preview coming out on Monday. Well, the two guys who Zach and I um, outlined in our piece a couple, I guess, last week. Zach said, and this is you know, you look at the connections. Zach brought up Jacoby Brissett, Pris- yes, Brissett, and I said Tyrod Taylor. I think, with I think Brissett makes all kinds of sense. I mean, uh, if you watched him, but last not to be the guy for you. No, but not I mean, to be the guy. No, yeah. I, I think I don't know. I mean, no, Hurts doesn't. A, yeah, it's I a guy who, like, he, if Hurts stinks, he doesn't. He doesn't own the job. I think you could yeah. even say it's an open competition in camp. Like, I don't know. Hurts doesn't. Hurts is not going to be the guy who's backing down from that. He's going to be saying, "Let's go." Brissett's not getting an opportunity elsewhere where anyone's naming him uh, the starter. So uh, Brissett in Indianapolis this year was like one of the most fun like teammates to watch. Like he would go crazy whenever anyone did anything. They would bring him in on like these quarterback sneaks and he would just run it in from the one yard line and everyone would go crazy. He obviously has a connection to Nick Sirianni. He presumably knows a lot about, you know, some of the scheme that they're going to run. So, and I don't think he's going to be a guy. We'll see. I mean, if I were, if I were a contending team that had money to spend on a backup quarterback, I would really look at him because I think he's one of the better, uh, one of the best backup quarterbacks available this offseason, but it is a tricky offseason, and I don't know that guys like backup quarterbacks are going to be getting the $6 million a year like a Case Keenum got uh, from the Browns, so it might be like a one-year deal. So I would probably be patient and just like let the market sort of settle and say, all right, who are the uh, $1, $2, 3000000 million guys out there who I can get as a backup? But uh, I, th- I do think Brissett would make a lot of sense for them. Well, and I think you're right that the Eagles offer – an opportunity to potentially start like you, you, you could go win that job probably more than, than yeah, he's not getting more of a chance anywhere else to play. How would you, uh, how would you allocate your turkeys on who starts the most games for the Eagles next season between Jalen hurts, a rookie, a veteran and Nate Sudfeld. (laughs) Uh, Oh, I forgot, Bo, you're eight. 
goes, all right, big lead for us. Zach, That's what true. did you put on yes. Wentz? But there's no points on the board for that. So, like, what do you mean? He's gone. He, you don't get. I don't get points. I just. Well, yeah, but you're not. Yeah, it's not. A, it's not ideal. You lose for that me. choice. Yeah, it's right. not ideal. What is it? Hurts rookie vet, Suddy. Suddy. And what's the question? Who most starts, starts the most games for the oh, Eagles most. next year? I will go. Uh, we just didn't. We just do this. We sort of did. It. Yeah, but okay. but we we're adding veterans right. this time. And Suddy. Okay. I'm gonna go 51 Hertz. 30 rookie, uh, 18 veteran, one study. I will go 49 hertz. I will go with uh, four. Uh, I will go 40 with uh, a rookie and 11 with a veteran. And zero mm. for Nate Sudfeld. What did Bo Nate put Sudfeld is not starting. I put one on study. <laughs> I got 55 Hertz, 35 rookie, 10 vet, zero Suddy. Sorry, Suddy. No, I'm happy Suddy to be in the Suddy corner. Suddy does make the free agency uh, preview. That's how that's how deep we're getting on these wow. position Good by positions. I don't I think, think he gets a, a write up. I'm sorry, Suddy. I don't think he gets there's a There's a path for Suddy if they if they can't afford a backup quarterback, they bring him back and then Hertz gets hurt. No, there's there's no path. They would <laughs> sign somebody else. Um, okay. Anything else that we need to uh, need to go over here, which is the state of this Eagles team? Do you, what more moves do you think are coming now, Zach? Yeah, I was I was going to ask you guys that. Like, is is this the opening of the floodgates? You know, we've established, for instance, that they are that this is a a rebuilding year. They're taking it on the chin this year with the cap. Like they they know what this year is going to bring to have that flexibility in in future years. And by the way, this ties into the previous conversation about keeping Doug Peterson. Uh, and like Jeffrey Lurie foretold this occurring, you know, that they're in a transition year and said Doug was not, you know, they they had that difference in philosophy. I'm not sure Doug would have signed up. Yeah, true, true. I'm not sure Doug would have wanted to come back for what is about to happen. And that leads me to saying like, Everybody is available now. I I don't know how many guys they have that are uh, that can bring major value, but unless it's like so cap prohibitive, like Lane Johnson's contract, they they can't trade Lane. They, there's nothing there. But um, like Brandon Brooks, they could trade Fletcher Cox. In the, you know they could potentially that that'd be a big cap hit. But I don't I'm, think they can I'm trade either saying, of those guys. That's the problem because, with where they are. They're of, so tight against the cap that the the players who like would actually get something of value in return, they can't afford to trade. Uh, let me look. Because Hold of the on. cap, Brooks, Brooks, if he's traded, like there is cap. Brooks would save a little bit of exactly. money. Exactly. Yeah. He'd save Lane, two, he'd save you lose 2. Money. million. Lane, you lose yeah. money. Cox, I think you lose money. But always um, remember that you have yeah. to replace these players with somebody and we can act like, all right, you replace them with all rookies and UDFAs, but like no one does, you can't like realistically right. do that. And so you're paying somebody then to replace that player. And so you have to add that into the cost as well. But I think sure. that, uh, you know, we, we've talked about the big ones, you know, Zach Ertz is probably maybe the next big shooter drop. You know, I could just see a random, uh, release probably over, or do you think he'll be, do you think he'll be able to oh, get man. traded? I had, I, I was so mad the other day. 
because in my predictions, I put that he was going to get traded to one of two teams, the, the Seahawks or the Chargers. And I wrote that ahead of time. It wasn't posted yet. And then somebody reports that, I think Ed Kratz reported that the Seahawks were checking in on Zach Ertz. Mm, Kratz has your number. I had it first <laughs> in my brain. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, look, I, I think they're going to try to, they're, gonna, they're, they're really going to try to trade Ertz. It'll get to a point if they don't trade him, he'll ask for his release so he can decide where he wants to go, right? Uh, but they will try everything they can to trade him in the, in the next few weeks. Oh, I like that, Char. That Chargers, that's, that's beautiful. Get Isn't him on the Chargers with Justin Herbert. You know, he wanted to go to UCLA. His mom convinced him to go to Stanford he could, so he could be in Los Angeles. He could finish out his career there. Great quarterback, sunshine, no media pressure. They don't have uh, to pay gonna... Hunter Henry. They can pay, use that money elsewhere. It's a good uh, one. Right? Yeah, that actually, yeah, it's a smart move. I mean, I don't understand when Hunter Henry became Tony Gonzalez. I mean, really, <laughs> this guy, franchise tag, and I don't know what someone's going to pay him on the open market. Look at the numbers on Hunter Henry. Like, he's as mediocre, he's been as mediocre a tight end as there Thank is. You. And he was playing with a very talented quarterback. So, yeah, Hunter Henry could make in the neighborhood of, uh, you know, that Austin Hooper deal was like between 10 and $11 million uh, last year. And so that's probably what Henry is looking at. So you save a little bit of money with Ertz. What's Ertz at? Like $8 million, but he wants an extension mm-hmm. too. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't know that that would be great. But, uh, yeah, I think, that, I think that's a great landing spot. They've already got uh, Keenan Allen. They've got Mike Williams to stretch the field. They've got Austin Eckler. Oh, man, I'm just going to be picking them to make the Super Bowl next year. <laughs> Just by getting Zach Ertz? <laughs> no, but just, well, just talking about all those players, I, I already like them. I had them ninth in my power rankings. I think they're going to be good uh, this year. I'm all in on uh, on Herbert, so I probably could probably cursed him. But anyway, I like that. Uh, you know, what what do you think? Like a sixth round pick or something? I mean, I can't I, imagine you're well, getting last much more year. Uh, the the comp I looked at last year, the Gronk trade was, I think, a fourth for Gronk and a seventh. Um, oh. So I feel like a fourth or even a fifth is is pretty reasonable. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. I, I think so too. All right, Arizona's a team I, I would watch out for as well. Mm. Okay, yeah. does that count as well, West also, Coast if on my prediction? Sure, yeah, yeah sure. I don't think Aiden, it does. Not, oh yeah, people, I didn't say we, I didn't say Pacific times, and I said West Coast. Yeah. I think I got to hold myself accountable. Some Depends people on daylight savings, whether Pacific or Mountain, right? So. So, some are mentioning that Hayden Hurst drew a second. Uh, that's true. He now he was on a rookie contract, and yeah. also that was just a terrible trade. By the they way. are about the same age, though. <laughs> uh, that was well. That brings me to my point. You so, teed that uh, one up on on my uh, on my group text here. Uh, what what was the what was the thing yesterday where uh, Zach said deviated? And you septum. said septum, yeah. right? And that's where yeah. I said I wish I could have gambled. I wish BetMGM allowed me to gamble on stuff like knowing that you were going to say septum right there. And so a uh, loyal listener of the show, CNAS said, uh, you know, speaking of both podcast quirks, this was before the show. Okay. About 20 <laughs> minutes before the show on oh, our group test. He said, what event will Bo pretend is the big news of the day to open the emergency pod? Uh, you know, and Lemur said, and Lemur says, uh, great call. Uh, would love if we nailed what it was. And then verbatim from CNAST, Ted Cruz Cancun trip, question mark, LOL. That's and great. so uh, he was watching, 
And he said, give me all the dollars <laughs> because he, he, he would uh, he'd be a rich man if he were That's fantastic. That. CNAS, I think CNAS gets a, uh, let's, get him some, let's get him some Birds with Friends swag for that since okay. there's no, no better. You're on GM. top of that. I'm still trying to get this past these I've got like 13 people I owe stuff to, so let's okay. put them on let's put Yeah, them on get list. those reviews in. I still have to give out two more Pasta Fisio. These Pasta Fisio's gift cards have not been claimed. Uh, I'm just going to go there and get a couple sandwiches if this lasts like two more weeks. I like that. Uh, all right, Zach, why don't you uh, why don't you reset here? What's uh, what's coming up yeah. next for us now that like the thing that we've been waiting to happen has finally happened? Sure. So in a typical year, we would be going to the combine uh, next week. There is no combine next week, uh, so that obviously changes things here. Uh, we will see when we will talk with Howie Roseman. Uh, and and Nick Sirianni, we, uh, we did not say this. We should tell our, our our listeners the pick is not or the or the trade is not official until March. So we mentioned that part of it, but the team cannot comment on the trade until it becomes official. Although right? an interesting so, thing today, the Eagles website got to tweet about it, uh, yeah, got, which, which they don't usually get to do. So that was no, they, interesting. And they and they did couch it as a conditional first instead of the conditional second, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that is, uh, so if, if you're waiting to hear Howie Roseman's reaction, Nick Sirianni's reaction, um, the, uh, typically we would have a chance to speak with them at the combine. I'm hoping we have that opportunity in the next few weeks, I know one can perceive that as a, as being like somewhat awkward because the topic everyone wants to talk about they can't talk about. Uh, nonetheless, I'm hoping we get a chance to speak with them. But as as far as what's coming up, uh, it's a it's less than a month now a, a a month from yesterday the start of the league year. A few days before that is the tampering period, so that's when free agency kicks into high gear. But now that the Eagles made this trade, they have a better sense of their cap situation, what it's going to be. So I think you'll see in the next two, three weeks, things accelerate as far as releasing players, potentially trading players. They have a lot of maneuvering to do to become uh, uh, to become eligible with the cap. We we know the floor is $180 million. We're waiting to see what the cap uh, number is going to be. But the Eagles have some moves to make, so expect that. Uh, we will hear from some draft prospects as 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 pro days approach. But as far as hearing from the Eagles, uh, we're kind of waiting to see on, in that regard. It's a huge draft, like you said. I mean, our, our draft prep just got really you know it was already really interesting. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah. But but now it's like it's crazy with the picks that they have. God, one of us falls six... for a Trubisky. Oof. What's be that? Tough to live... It's gonna be tough to live down if one of us falls for a Trubisky. What do you mean falls for a Trubisky? Like someone who turns out to be like, like Trubisky. Yeah, the, like, you know, yeah loves uh, a guy who. Yeah. Pounding the table for. I have, I have one thing I want to get off my chest about the draft. TDs. Okay? Yeah. And I'm, 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 I'm going to go on, on record with this now because I know Boy, this is going to come up. And what this is he is about be, to say, Bo? I'm nervous. <laughs> is, what? I've never seen is, him this intense. This is going to be a question that people in the media ask, and it's going to be a thing that coaches and GMs talk I know, about. I know what right? he's going to say. Okay. I do not want to hear this excuse that the scouting year is really hard because it was an untraditional college season. Like this is what you're paid to do. I'm so jealous. I'm not having this take. And number two, it's not like your record is, is so incredible when you have (laughs) this wealth of information at your hands. Right. So, so maybe this is a good thing. Not, not having like all the access to the crap. Yeah. 
Exactly, exactly. So I don't want to hear. I know this is going to be a big storyline. I know this is something that's that's going to come up. Every team's dealing with it, right? Um, I I know there are some guys who you might only have like like Trey Lance. You only have really a season of of watching him play. But this is why you're paid to make those evaluations. Uh, so I I'm proactively saying that is not an excuse that I think can fly. Like this is this is the business you're in. I have two I have two things on that. One, I do think it is fair to say that like if we look at some of the mistakes the Eagles have made, like we're just talking about how maybe they didn't, you know, understand Carson's personality quite enough. We talked about this with Andre Dillard, like they didn't have a good enough sense of his personality. It is true that you will have less yeah. face time with these guys now sure. than you would in past years. That's true. Uh, Not the other, really. There'll be. I would imagine there'd be a lot of FaceTime going on. More zooms. Oh, literally. Uh, I used yeah. your awesome. joke right there. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. True. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, the other thing is, I don't like another thing that is getting me upset already. Along the lines with you, Zach, is the idea that you would uh, like next year's picks are going to be more valuable because it will be a more uh, normal scouting year. Like you, it's the idea that you would want to trade picks this year for picks next year. Uh, I find very similar to the idea that uh, continuity was going to be so important heading into this season because of the lack of off season. And then, you know, Tom Brady goes out and wins the Super Bowl his first year with the team. Like that stuff, that stuff that just becomes groupthink does not necessarily uh, turn out to be true. Yeah, I think we were ripping them, or I remember going on a rant last year about the draft stuff when they were already complaining. You know, last year's draft was not the the same, and um, so yeah, I agree. I mean, there's a randomness to it. You have not perfected the process anyway. You can still have long conversations with these people. Uh, I did an Andre Dillard feature where I did not have FaceTime with anybody, and I just called everybody, and they all gave me very interesting anecdotes. <laughs> they, you, that was a better scouting report on his personality than so, anything Eagles had. Yeah, so it's not uh, it's it's uh, not that tough to do. They can figure it out. Although from 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 my understanding, the the complaint this year is is not as much the pre-draft process because I, I think last year prepared them for that and they know what that is going in. It's more this they don't have the film from the scouting year, right? There are some teams that only played like a few games. Some schools didn't play at 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 all, really. Uh, so you just don't have the same level of information. There are a lot of top players who opted out, for instance, right? I think like Jamar Chase, you saw him play one year, you know? I think it's less about the film, and they had a good conversation about this on uh, the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast with, with oh, Brandon Duffy yeah. and Dan Hatman. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like the the report or the, the story I did last year with Alan Walken, yep. exactly. it's less about the tape than it is they didn't get to do any of these in-person visits, the area scouts, yep. when they can talk to the guys they know well, uh, and get as many different voices as possible. What it was this year instead was like one guy from the school goes on a Zoom with every team and mm. it's recorded. So like what you say is going to be passed along. So you're not going to be brutally honest. You're not going to like uh, tell a few things to guys who you have a better uh, relationship with than other people. Uh, and so there is that lack of information, I think, uh, which I think does. I think that does play a role. I don't know if I don't know if it's going to like change the results of the draft, but I think that is something that you do actually have to factor in. You 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 probably know these guys' personalities a little bit less 
than you would in sure. the past. And maybe that turns out to be like the continuity thing where it ends up not mattering and maybe it's, you know, you end up just drafting off the tape and that's a better way to do it. But I think that is, I think that is the bigger concern from the team side than the tape. Because the eye in the sky don't lie. But there's not a lot of the eye. There's not enough of the eye in the sky. Yeah, you see the way guy moves. You know, you know, can tell. Uh, last thing, how did you guys? How did you guys find out today? What was your, uh, what was your news breaking situation? Uh, I was uh, I was making an early lunch. I was making some nice Grammy eggs and uh, had a bagel in the toaster oven, and so my phone was in my pocket, and I was listening to a podcast, and so I'm doing all this, and then I uh, and then I. What? I, I I don't know which pot it was. Uh, <laughs> oh, flex. <laughs> um, I don't know. It just like it just cycles through. Although I am a one point five man now. Uh, wow, I did make the, that's I fast. Did make, you know what? This is for um, audiobooks. Audiobooks. The issue was that they were going too slow. I realized if you, if you haven't been able to get into the audiobook, try doing it at a, at a uh, one point five times speed. I like it's a one point two five on an audiobook. It's perfect. Okay. Okay, uh, but then I start eating, and then uh, I took out my phone, and I'm and I like had this serious look on my face, and so my wife thought something was wrong, and I think I yelled an expletive or something because I I had like I didn't realize how long I had not looked at my phone for, and so there were you know Slack messages and uh, text messages and all these things, and so I uh, ran downstairs and typed away. No one took the bagel out of the toaster oven. Hardened, had to throw it out. Terrible. Wasting Ooh, that's food. tough. That's a tough yeah. loss. Okay. Uh, me uh, wanting to be a good father. Uh, I was out. I you went, are a good father. Flex. I know. That's an inside. Uh, that's a, that's a callback to the beginning of the episode. Um, oh, gotcha. I was. Uh, I went outside to play in the snow with Casey, um, and like I had my phone with me, but then we were like rolling around in the snow. So I'm like, all right, I'll go put it in the put it in the house. We're playing outside. Then we do a little uh, do a little shoveling. I come in like 45 minutes later, you know, getting Casey uh, undone. And then and then Rachel yells down like, hey, did you see the news? <laughs> like, no. So I go look at my phone, all the all the mixed uh, notifications and texts. She and then she said I she before she didn't understand it. But now she gets it. She got to break news to me for the first time. Now she gets why the ex-girlfriend all those years ago sent the Heath Ledger dead texts or the Bernie mm. Mac dead text. So it's all coming. It's all coming full circle. The one who left you for her version of the Indianapolis Colts. Hmm. But, uh, well, you're on paternity leave. So, you know, I you, am. Yes. you don't need yeah. to be checking that phone. So are you going to be joining That's us for podcast in the weeks ahead? I, I was kind of looking forward to Zach and I getting some alone time. Yeah. Maybe, you know, you know, I get FOMO, but I'll, I'll I'll step out for a couple podcasts, let you guys talk about me behind my back. Okay. How about you, Z Berm? What was your uh, experience? I was napping. No, I'm joking. That was it. That was it. Zach's like, I was on hour 72 <laughs> of just staring at my no, phone. I was joking. Uh, no, I, I, um, I got a text message from, from uh, somebody. And, uh, and then I, uh, before it broke? I saw Schefter. Uh, no, not before it broke. Okay. Uh, well, n- not before. Like, I, I think around the same time that it broke. And then she, it was uh, clearly Schefter. Uh, had it up, and then got, and then Garfoll had the trade compensation, and uh, then it was it was texting you guys and and Ken, our producer, did a great job. He he got in touch right away, and our new editor Adam uh, did a great job. We were in touch with him, so yeah. Then it was it was it was just bearing down, working, and uh, yeah. So that that was the day, but I I found out via text. 
but not like a scoop, like a, like a text from someone saying so it's going down, like that kind of thing. Mm. From Jeffrey. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> All right. Someone uh, said, someone just said Seaburn was hiding under Howie's desk when the trade was completed. <laughs> Zach was in the room. Says someone else. <laughs> Schefter texted Seaburn. Says somebody else. I, 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 I would have loved to be. I would love to be in the room. Yeah. All right. Uh, that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends, the one we've all been waiting for. So. Uh, thanks to everybody who tuned in live on YouTube and uh, for those of you who are listening elsewhere or, you know, watching the replay on YouTube. You can do that also. So for uh, for Zach and Sheil and uh, Kent, who is braving the uh, the storms in Texas, and also for Carson, uh, I'm Bo. And as always... We love you. Eleven will always love you. Birds with friends.